2: And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry...
0: And I'm Mary Beth.
2: And each episode, our special guest will bring with them a movie that traumatized them as a child.
0: This week, our very special guest is Josh Pond. He's a writer for Nightmare on Film Street and is a curator of horror community. You've probably seen his Friday Flicks. Is that correct? Is that the correct title, Josh? That's right. Friday Flicks videos things on Twitter, and he's always tagging everyone in great... Challenges and just bringing us all together and reminding us why we all love horror so much. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to us. Yeah, I am
3: so excited, and thanks for having me. And you are absolutely right; we're a little cabal of weirdos, and I love it.
0: Yes, and I feel like you really bring us all together. Like you definitely, I feel <laughs> like are kind of like a nexus of all that weirdness in a good way.
3: Well, good. I'm glad to hear it.
2: Yeah, it's it's something that I look forward to uh, when I when I pops up that josh has tagged you in something and i was like oh look at that because like, you just do <laughs> such a good job of like like mary or beth said bringing everyone together and it's, yeah you
3: know bringing some positivity inclusive. to twitter what can i say and well, okay. it sometimes
0: oh my god and also i think what i like a lot too is like as um you've brought people into like my like my orbit that aren't horror writers. I feel like I know so mm. many writers, but I don't know just people who like love the genre mm. and who are collectors, who are just fans who aren't necessarily yeah. writers. So it's nice to get to know like everyone, not just the people who are writing about it, but the yes. people who are just loving loving it and tweeting about it. So
3: yeah, yeah, well, great. That's that's wonderful <laughs> to hear because I agree. I mean, I think that's part of what brings this little group of people together, and and social media allows us to do that in a wide swath where you're not just looking for like locals that share your yes. interests, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
2: makes the world seem a little uh, less lonely sometimes and a little bit smaller. It's nice. Mm. Yeah, it I is like nice. that. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Um, so you you write for Nightmare on, on Film Street? Is that mm-hmm. correct? That um, is correct. Do you what, what do you do there? Do you do a lot of reviews? Do you do more features?
3: Well, you know, it's changing right now, actually, because John and Kim um, Dahan, I hope is how you say their last name, but they're <laughs> the editors. They're also the two that host the podcast mm-hmm. connected to the website. And they want to change it to be a movie review focused type of site and so i'm going to be doing a lot less of what i've done in the past which is a lot of like lists you know top 10 this top 5 that kind of thing and horror like news and reviews is part of what i've done there too like hey did you know that uh napoleon dynamite is going to be in the new uh trimmer 7 you know things like that (laughs) uh and so it's going to be less of that and more just Film reviews, so it's changing. But that's what I've done in the past is is kind of a hodgepodge of everything, keeping keeping you up to date. That's awesome (laughs) on horror news, yeah. Um, and how how did you
2: get into into horror writing?
3: Well, you know, I did some. I guess you could call it ghostwriting for different film critics in hmm. the Austin area back in the like late 90s and early 2000s. So I've done film review stuff for a long time. But when it comes to specifically horror, it was really just a coincidence, but one that's so great. I was in the parking lot of the Timberline Lodge, which is about 45 minutes away from where I live in Portland. And the Timberline is where they film The Shining. Oh yeah. And so that's a perfect spot for me to meet John and Kim who happened to be there as tourists because they're from Canada. And so I just hit it off with John and you know one thing led to another and they were had just started the site and wanted some writers and people to join and that's really where it took off. And I write for a couple of other sites since then as well but that's where it started was just a chance meeting in the parking lot a hey do you know which entrance leads to this kind of meeting (laughs) and the rest is history that's awesome
0: that's so cool i didn't realize that's how you guys met
3: yeah we met at the the overlook
0: (laughs) i mean that seems like
3: what a perfect (laughs) i know right exactly
0: (laughs) seems appropriate
3: Mm, on brand on brand
2: (laughs) so you said you uh you write for others some other sites too uh
3: I do. I've, I've submitted stuff here and there for a few sites, but the other one that I regularly write for is Horrorbound, which is Charlotte okay. Hollingsworth's site and is great. Very similar to Nightmare on Film Street, just kind of a hodgepodge of what's going on in the scene. It has a little broader scope because she covers books and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, but mainly what I've done for her site is things, uh, this recurring article series that is killers who could use an adaptation so i talked uh, like for example i have an article about robert picton if you haven't heard of robert picton you absolutely should he honestly sounds like a horror movie that shouldn't be a real guy it's like the opposite (laughs) instead he's a real guy that isn't a horror movie Uh, but he sounds like one just a bloody disgusting dude so things like that okay a little broader. That's cool. Yeah.
2: Um so I uh, have you have you always been a horror fan?
3: Absolutely. Um and that actually is part of what is funny about this podcast and what I love about it is that we all have had those movies those moments those things we've experienced as kids that scared the ever-living shit out of us mm-hmm. but the thing for me is my family ran a coffin making and cemetery business and so <laughs> really? i know right this is And my favorite
0: la- fa- this is like my favorite fact about josh
3: <laughs> <laughs> i know right i have so many great little pieces of memorabilia like in my office and stuff like that but So they were huge horror fans to my parents and grandparents and stuff like that. And we gave haunted tours every Halloween of the cemetery and just all that sort of stuff. So I absolutely grew up in a family that just loved and embraced the spooky life. And so you would think like nothing would scare me, right? Because I've (laughs) seen it all and have seen it all since I was like five years old. But the thing is, we all have those books or those movies that just scared the living pants off of us you know yep. and oh, so absolutely. it's like it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of like oh i had no idea what horror even was until i saw that movie versus like this was the one millionth horror movie i'd seen and yet still it scared me
2: yeah it's it's it i always think that i feel like um us horror fans are kind of chasing that thrill that movie mm-hmm. that like traumatizes so much that yeah that scene that scare that that feeling of like utter helplessness that like yeah. gives you that kind of safe but mm-hmm. but terrifying moment um and it just seems like that's kind of uh i mean for me at least i've always always trying to find something that can bring me back to that initial feeling
3: absolutely and i feel like a lot of people lately have been saying oh well scariness doesn't necessarily like uh, a horror movie doesn't necessarily have to be scary and i think that's probably true yeah but i think that a lot for a lot of us horror fans when we see something and are scared by it it's like we want to go tell everybody like you have to see yeah. this movie for that reason what you were just talking about Terry Well, and I think I
0: agree with that because I feel like I do. I've seen like there's that tweet thread going around, and I agree that I don't think every horror movie has to be scary to be effective, but there is Mm -hmm. something so amazing when you find a movie that can actually scare the shit out of you. Like, that's Mm -hmm. why I loved Hereditary so much. Oh my God, Mm -hmm. that's exactly
2: what I was thinking about.
0: I, because it actually scared me. Like I, a lot right. of the time, I don't come home, and I'm not usually scared of like the shadows. But that movie mm-hmm. made me scared of shadows, and like it made me run into my room right. when I turned the lights off. I haven't felt like that in such a long time. And yeah. that movie, and then terrified that Shutter movie from mm-hmm. I think Argentina. Oh, yeah, yep. Those were two movies that I was like, holy shit! Like I am finally scared to turn the lights off at night and And that's such a that's so impressive to me like i just feel like you said i feel like i've seen it all so it's Mm -hmm. hard for that to happen so when i get that it's like everyone needs to see this movie yeah
3: absolutely you almost take a little ownership of it or something yeah
0: you're like this scared the shit out of me go see it like which sounds so counterintuitive right (laughs) (laughs) we know why we're here okay yeah i had um a couple friends say like oh my god if that scared you then like we shouldn't see it (laughs) <laughs> because a lot of my friends will ask me, like, well, what's a good scary movie? And I say, uh-huh. I'll tell them. And they're like, I'm like, but it's not that scary. And they said, that's not, that doesn't work. That's not valid for most people, Mary Beth. Like, you right, think right, right. things aren't scary that are actually scary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's
3: almost like someone who has a really high tolerance for spice being like, oh, I don't think it's spicy. And you're like, yeah, I don't trust your opinion. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a very good way to put it. That's exactly yeah. what they are with me. They're like, I don't think you're right. I think it is scary. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess. I guess you're probably correct. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> and the the other side of things is that like, and one of the reasons I hate getting asked by people that aren't in the in into film that much is like, uh-huh. what's the what's your scariest movie? Because I've I've given recommendations in the past, and then they watch and they go, that wasn't scary. And right, right, right. Because like, I, I had a coworker that basically laughed through most of Hereditary. She thought it was right. incredibly. <laughs>
3: ask lord right? paimon uh, for, <laughs> for help because well she started she, drawing yeah.
2: these like weird symbols and like i, I don't know I don't she was think
0: doing she, this weird. i don't know click. if she's okay <laughs> yeah. she's like this isn't
3: scary this is how life ought to be she was like this movie is stupid yeah and i'm like i'm
2: so it's, it's yeah one of those things it's like i i don't know how anyone could have that opinion because it's it just like it fucking rocked my soul and then yeah. to hear right. you know, so like yeah i don't I don't like getting asked that question because typically what scares me isn't going to be the same thing that scares someone else right
3: and that's exactly what I'm saying that I love about the concept of this podcast is just mm-hmm. that it's always different for different people I mean for saying nightmare on Elm Street, for example. Uh, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, totally, totally. But then you say something like killer clowns from outer space and you're <laughs> like, oh, well, why did that scare you? You know, what I mean, right. like, in other words, like it's different for everybody. And we all yeah. have our reasons why it scares the shit out of us. <laughs> or if it's Silver Bullet, um, which is one of mine, uh, then I don't have any explanation. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I have no idea why this scared me, but it did, you know. And I think and- that's true for some people, too.
0: Yeah, some things just, like, get into your brain and, like, fuck with you in a way that you yeah. can't understand, but it just, like, deeply disturbs you. I have a couple exactly. of things like that, that it just, like, exactly. sits in your brain and kind of digs its fingernails into you. So
3: why did Hereditary move you, Terry, versus not, you know, your scary co-worker? You know what I mean? Like, who knows? That's the whole yeah. point, though, is some people it really sticks with them. Like, I remember the Babadook, uh really...
0: Yeah, like
3: like got me so tense and all this stuff and then I left and a lot of people were like oh so overblown and I didn't think it was that scary and it's like okay well that's your thing but for me I yeah. fucking loved it and it was so tense and wonderful you know so it's yeah. know, different well, for everybody
0: and that's like The Witch another movie that I know that oh, yeah. we all love is that I, mean, oh, Remark- I hate that
3: movie <laughs> no <I'm> kidding <laughs> Are, art thou saying that it scaredeth thee
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Well, and right. it's had, like, one of those movies that I it...
2: done like the entire movie. What's that? what? I had, like, a pit in my stomach the entire movie. Like, my stomach oh, was just yeah, in yes. the entire yeah. time. Well, the
0: mark the marketing did that movie so dirty. And i like A24 does this, like, it does their films dirty, where it makes it look like it's this terrifying, like, nonstop action.
3: Oh, right, right, right. But mm-hmm. The
0: Witch was not that at all. And so I saw Mm-mm. it, and I, that was kind of, like, the first time I really realized how much I, like, slow burn atmospheric character pieces. But then, like... I saw it with so many people who were like, "This was so fucking stupid. That was a waste of my time. Nothing was scary it was about boring. it." Boring. And yeah, it was boring. And I was like, "You thought that was boring?" So it is just fat. And in, I think it has a lot to do with like the slow burn horror that gets into my head more than right. maybe other people, which is totally valid. But it is like strange to me that that sure. movie didn't like freak anybody else out that yeah. I, ta- I saw it with and like I talked to. Totally. But, and
3: I think hereditary is a good example of that too, because for a lot of people yeah. they're like, Oh, I thought it was gonna be like really scary all the time and it's really more like a tense family drama for the first two thirds. Yeah. It's
0: just disturbing.
3: Right. Like yeah, it's right.
0: just a emo- it's just like so disturbing and like viscerally upsetting yeah. to me rather than scary. But like that's scary, like the viscerally upsetting moments of like her screaming on the floor. Like, that's um, upsetting yeah, to me, and that gets me more than any, like, jump scare, is, like, like the, the watching the grieving process is well, just so awful. And the, the part that, right. like, yep, yep, yep.
2: like, knocked me in my stomach was, uh, and it was a dream, but when she basically tells the kid she didn't even <gasps> want to have him.
0: Yes!
2: And I'm like... That that moment right there was like I I, I audibly gasped in the movie. So did I. It right. It's just it, it's and, and I think that kind of goes back to you were talking about the slow the idea of the slow burn. I love mm-hmm. slow burn movies. Yeah, totally. But it's, totally. It, you have to like kind of walk that tightrope, right? So that it it, mm-hmm. it can go into that kind of slow burn intensity, but then it can also go into a more um I, I don't want to use the word boring, but well, just where you're kind word. of
3: getting impatient with it, almost. Like, right. All right, we get it. Get move on. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah.
2: I mean, like, and I, I don't, I, um, I, I can see the witch being called a slow burn because I think it definitely is one. But I, some people have said that hereditary is slow burn, and I, was, I and I'm agree. like, I it was pulled through it the entire time. I thought it was like exciting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sure. I agree. Sure, I no, and it,
3: so did I.
2: But
0: yeah, I think it is a slow burn in a way, but like not not to me like i wouldn't group it in the witch in terms of slow burns the same way but some people do and like that's the thing about horror that's always so interesting to me is like how people define things because like when i was in college and taking a class on horror like it's one of the few genres that doesn't it hasn't really have like a solid iconography like Mm -hmm. westerns have a very specific iconography Mm -hmm. and like spy movies do but horror is so broad yeah. And, it's, and like, you know what horror is, and you can explain what it is, but it can just be right. used to describe so many different things, which it's is very why material. I love it so much. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, if you say, oh, it has to have gore and kills, it's like, well, what about things like The Birds? Yeah. You know, uh-huh. Or The Witch? And mm-hmm. then it's like, well, it needs to be tense. And it's like, well, what about a movie like Revenge? Right. Yeah. And that's not really tense. It's more like checking motherfuckers off the list one at a time yeah you know i mean you don't you're not really wondering what's going to happen next it's like i'm just along for the ride
0: yeah so yeah i mean absolutely
3: did have you guys seen the movie it comes at night i I was was actually just just thinking about this
2: (laughs) because like that was a that was a movie that um i i i think it was definitely a slow burn and sure. it was definitely and that like A twenty four does uh-huh. hyped to be something that it absolutely wasn't. That's
3: exactly why I mentioned it. Because <laughs> right. when you said that earlier, Mary Beth, about A twenty four kind of doing a bad job of selling people on a movie being very action packed and full of, you know, that sort of drama and then you see it and you're like, Well nothing's really happening and we're one hour in right and all the great movie if you otherwise aren't prepped and primed i
0: really love that movie and like so many people hate it and i get why but like that i walked out of that movie i was shaking yeah yeah i mean and
2: and like i i remember uh every like one of the things when that movie came out everyone was like nothing came at night and I'm like, uh, <laughs> right. no, it, it literally did come at night because it's yeah. like fear, and the fear there, there, is right, yeah, is what's coming go. at night. It sounds like it's not like a personification, and I guess probably the poster sold it because you know there's the dog and it looks like it's barking at something in like the in the darkness or whatever, sure. but it's just fear, no, and it literally exactly. does come at night.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a great! I think,
0: it's, I think it's a great movie. I just think the marketing did it so dirty oh
3: totally and that's why i use it as an example because to me i feel like it could otherwise have been a huge hit people talking about it like hereditary and a lot of other things but unfortunately i think audiences were primed for something that never happened yep Mm -hmm. i I
0: think they made it look like a zombie movie and it was definitely yeah or
3: like a creature feature of some kind yeah Yeah. like well and then like
2: yeah whoa my what just, am I here? Oh, my screen just, like, went dark. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. You're, you're okay. good. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, did my power go out? Um, <laughs> I, Are you there,
3: God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, we're keeping that in. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Slow Burn. I love them.
3: In yeah, way. absolutely. So, <laughs> movies um, I, that I've seen... If we want to talk about some movies we've seen lately, I yes, feel right like Doctor Sleep was a little bit that way too, where even though there was action from the get go, it still took its time, kind of turning the heat up. Yeah. Have you seen? Doctor I haven't Sleep
0: seen it yet. I've been okay.
3: okay. I Forget do, I'm okay.
0: It. That's Dumb. fine. I've no, I I read. That I've read the book. No, just I've yeah. read the book.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I have too
0: i know it happens and i i didn't really like the book so Me oh really i think we've okay. talked about this yeah i mean like we talked i think we've talked this talked about this in the podcast a couple of days okay. ago but it, i just didn't really like the book i didn't think it was necessary it just kind of seemed like a money grab but again like mm. i guess do what you can't do what you do and i don't know I, i've seen such mixed things on social media about it but I about mean, the
3: movie or the, about the, the movie book?
0: yeah
2: so did you like the movie josh
3: um I did, but I also felt like with a lot of his recent stuff, um Mike Flanagan. I, uh-huh. Okay. It, it's incredibly well-made and incredibly gorgeous and just a testament to filmmaking like skill and ability. Yes. But in terms of how it felt, I mean, I don't really remember any particular mm. part of the movie real standout, you know. And you know, it's one of those movies that I really enjoyed, but I also don't remember a lot of it either, oh, if that makes sense. Okay. Do you ever yeah. leave horror movies where you're like, that felt like a lot of other movies, and it not a lot of it jumped out.
0: Like you enjoyed it in the moment, but it didn't really leave an impression?
3: Yeah, right, okay. exactly. Which I think a lot of recent horror is that way, where the skill of production... It has gotten so down pat. I mean, people have the ability and access to so many great like editing softwares and filming styles and techniques that are just weren't available to lower budget or independent film in the past. Mm-hmm. But lately it has become so accessible that you can have a short film about a demon clown and it look gorgeous. You know, visually, right? You know, production-wise, it can look utterly fantastic. And so I think a lot of movies lately have been otherwise kind of mediocre films but like if you just take them from a production standpoint they're fantastic
0: so you you think they're more like style over substance is what people are leaning a little into? bit yeah okay. yeah and okay. i think a
3: lot of modern horror is that way where it's there's really nothing being reinvented when like take annabelle comes home which i really enjoyed
0: i really but, i surprisingly loved that movie yeah oh, i, I enjoyed the heck out
3: of it <laughs> but it also has a ton of tropes and there's not a whole lot that's super inventive about the story and everything else was just sort of fine, but at the same time, I, it, like, production-wise, it's fantastic. Like, you yeah. put it against a movie from 1989 oh, it's or sleek something. as
2: hell, for sure.
3: Yeah. And you'd be like, oh my god, uh, a master filmmaker made this, you know? Uh, compared to, like, I don't know, Killer Clowns from Outer Space or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, because I think- it's just so much... Oh, sorry. So much more successful is all I'm getting at, I guess, is what I mean. Yeah, and,
0: like... I mean, I guess there's, like, a place for those movies, too, that, like, aren't trying to reinvent the wheel, but are trying sure. to maybe do them in different ways, like, that are a little bit more creative. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it was just such a... I think that movie also was such a breath of fresh air, and, like, that whole entire franchise of just feeling, like, kind of tired and just a money grab. Sure, sure, so sure. I was, I was just pleasantly surprised about how much I enjoyed it, and how fun it was, and how I yeah. actually jumped at a couple things, uh-huh. and, like, had a lot of fun, and, like, laughed during it, so... So Great. did you
2: guys see that in the theater or at home?
0: In a theater.
3: I saw it in the theater as well.
2: I'm wondering if that might be my my problem cuz I saw it at home by myself and I just was not <laughs> captivated at all. But I, mean, I have a feeling that that's it's kind valid. of like I have a feeling it's yeah. one of those like, you know, um roller coaster movies that you build on the audience anticipation and then like if you don't have that kind of excitement that's building around you, yeah. it just sort of it kind of fizzled for me,
0: sure. yeah, I saw it um it's an Apocalypse this year in Chicago, oh,
2: that's right. It
0: was one of those like surprise screenings, and uh, I was, yeah,
2: I remember that and Perfect. I was like.
0: Might as well go. And I was with a friend and I had had a couple beers, and like there was security walking around everywhere, which was so weird. But because it was playing <laughs> ahead of time, it was like, don't right. take your phones out, don't record anything. Oh, and then, intense. like, it, I know it was very, I was like, this is much security for Annabelle comes to home. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> alrighty, Fair but then, enough. um, the atmosphere of the theater was so much fun and like. It was one of those movies that's really fun to like grab your friends and giggle. And then at the end of the movie, they had an Annabelle doll that they put it like, it started giggling like all around the theater and they oh, had like a gosh. spotlight on it. I love and it was just like, the whole atmosphere, I think, was like part of the reason I enjoyed it. It was like mm-hmm. it, the first time in a long time I had just seen like, a kind of blockbustery horror movie, and had a good time seeing it. So yeah. Terry, that probably has something to do with it, like absolutely. the atmosphere of the theater versus watching it at home. Yeah. Absolutely, had a, probably a lot to do with the way we viewed it and enjoyed it.
3: And in all honesty, I think that's a big part of what's great about film festivals, especially yes. ones, because you get a chance to see something that you might not otherwise see, and then the crowd is very ready for it and yeah. you know there for it like i heard you mention um i believe on the last episode maybe about hounds of love which i oh yeah that was absolutely a couple episodes ago. love that movie but i saw that at a film festival and everyone loved it it won the best like the biggest prize of the fest and stuff like that and then I felt like nobody was talking about it after I left the film festival, yeah. you know. And so it's great to be in that setting where you're like, "Oh man, we're all here and seeing this and loving this and experiencing this together."
2: Yeah, that and that's that's what I've learned from going to my limited amount of festivals last year was was definitely that kind of atmosphere and that community. It just sort of there. Yeah, it's it's the best way to see a, a good movie, I think.
3: And the movie that everyone was the surprise screening at that film festival and just to your point, Mary Beth, about how they can be over dramatic about it all sometimes was Stephanie, the movie by Akiva Goldsman. Um, which if you haven't heard of, that's kind of to my point, uh, <laughs> because yeah, once it I came out I it, it didn't it. Yeah, it didn't really do anything once it came out, but it was the same sort of vibe where they're like we're checking everyone's phones and, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, like, great. And this movie is not that big of a deal where everyone relax. The only you know? time
0: I've
2: been in a theater that that happened was um, Love, Simon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah,
3: same sort of okay. <laughs> And you're huh. like, okay, well, this is a cool movie, but, like, relax. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right.
0: So, Terry, um, have you watched, like, kind of moving, like, what else we've seen recently? Have you watched yeah. anything recently,
2: Terry? Um, I did actually Ooh. today. Um, I got I so I had to drop a lot of money in my car today to get new tires, which is always Ooh. always fun. But because of that, you I got never want home. to spend money on that. I know, especially the amount that I dropped. Um, oh but no! Anyway, so like, <laughs> but I got home early from from work, and I was like, you know what? I've been meaning to watch this movie. I had the screener, and it's under embargo, so I couldn't talk. I can't really talk about it except that this episode will premiere when it's no longer under embargo. So I watched Daniel Isn't Real today.
0: Uh, (laughs) I'm so jealous. And
2: I think that the director Adam Egypt Mortimer should uh-huh. and I just tweeted this like a little bit ago but I think he should direct a Nightmare on Elm Street movie it's been in the news oh. there's talk about like how he wants to do it this movie is basically if you strip out kind of like the gay subtext although there is a little bit of homoeroticism in this it's hey. basically kind of like um, Freddy 2 Freddy's Revenge mm. there is like okay. an an atmosphere to this movie where because the, the idea is that this this guy named Luke when when he's a kid, he witnesses a violent trauma, and then all of a sudden, there's this other kid that's the same age, uh, named Daniel, who just is like him, but absolutely like cooler.
3: A and, lot of that dealing with trauma stuff from in OES too. Yes, sure. exactly.
2: And then he kind of he locks. Uh, um, after Daniel tries to convince him to uh, do something bad, he ends up locking him uh, metaphorically in this dollhouse. And then mm. years later, Daniel breaks out and he's there and he's he's played by Patrick Schwarzenegger and he is just like he's kind of like I would say he's kind of like Patrick Bateman from uh American oh. Psycho. Yeah. This kind of like cold, detached, slicked back hair, yeah. incredibly sexy. Um but like basically the id in 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 this uh, relationship between the two of them, and it just sort of goes from there, and it goes into some really interesting locations and directions. It gets a little trippy toward. Have I have I? I know you haven't, Mary Beth, but have you seen it, Josh?
3: Daniel isn't real. Yeah. No, I really okay. want to though.
2: Yeah, um, it's, it's that's com- exactly well, my out-
3: kind of jam. What you're describing for sure.
2: Yeah, I it comes out December sixth, um, so it's coming out soon on VOD and stuff for people to see, but like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's it. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really, really fantastic.
0: Oh, I'm so excited.
2: And so I really hope that Adam does get to do a nightmare. Nome street, because I think, I think he will do a, a fantastic job. Cause I was watching this thinking, Oh, I could see him take this kind of idea and do this with, so yeah, it's, I think it's going to be really good. I hope, I hope people support it and support him.
0: So the thing that remind, that reminds me of is, like, I'm so glad that this year, even more, like, these movies that I'm so excited for are coming out on VOD so quickly. Mm-hmm. That just makes me feel like it's getting, like, these these festival titles are getting so much more accessible, so much quicker, yeah. and I just love that, like, that so many... I mean, because I feel like, remember, like, directed video is always such a bad thing. People are like, oh, oh it's yeah. straight to video. But now I feel like oh, direct-to-VOD no. is like, hell yeah, okay, everyone can watch it now. And I'm going to see something that's
2: that. not commercial, but is going to be fucking wild, yeah, like, basically.
0: Exactly. Like, I feel like directed video is like such something different now. Like, it has such a different no, connotation. Right, and totally, I love totally.
3: that. I mean, Martin Scorsese just did a direct to streaming film. And it's like, uh, Martin Scorsese. I mean, you know. Exactly. Like, yeah i think he, once he does that it's no longer tab <laughs> you know yeah and
0: I, it's like you know especially the power of streaming services but sure. i mean at the same time i feel like they are a lot of them are like really supporting little horror directors and giving them like a lot of 100 like,
3: platform and I yeah. love it;
0: it makes me very happy
3: <laughs> yeah movies like me the too. ranger and stuff like that can get Ooh, yes. you know fairly wide or one cut of the dead, you know. Revenge too.
0: Revenge was a revenge. shot it was revenge, like one of Shutter's right? first exclusives. Yeah. I think that sounds
3: right. exactly. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Cool. And what about you, Mary Beth?
0: So I get, I'm still like kind of barely keeping my head above water with watching stuff, but right. Um, I'm gonna keep living my new job until one day I figure out how to, to fucking balance my life. <laughs> but um, I got my um, my boyfriend Steve bought me. Um, nintendo switch Lite, and i've been playing luigi's mansion 3 which uh, is oh my gosh it's like basically um ghostbusters the movie or ghostbusters the <laughs> video game yeah and it's my and it's like my favorite video game franchise like i know it's so cheesy but i love luigi's mansion like that was my favorite game on oh they're game. so great but on the GameCube. Mario
3: Brothers plus ghosts. I mean, exactly. You know, and like, you go wrong.
0: <laughs> Luigi's Mansion was my favorite game on GameCube because we had we really only played Nintendo stuff at my house, and it was kind of like my way to play horror games without it being too scary. And so I've been playing a lot of Luigi's Mansion three, and it's
2: it's so good,
0: so good. It's so much fun, and it's just like, So, it's, like, difficult in a good way. Like, not too difficult, but it makes you think. And you have this little guy named Gooigi, who is (laughs) Luigi's gooey gooey clone. (laughs) Which has led to a lot of really gross jokes on the internet. But it's really fun. Mm. And I've had a really good time. That's been a (laughs) really good kind of, like, turn off my brain. up for that. Yeah. I know. But it's a good, like, kind of turn off my brain in a different way, kind of way. I've been enjoying Horror media, and I've also have been reading a lot of um, horror short stories recently. Actually, it's been like a thing I've been really getting into. Um, like, so I'm really, I really like um, Lovecraftian, Eldritch horror, yeah, weird shit. So I've talked a lot about wounds, the old but, gods, yeah. But there's this um, really good collection called The Black Wings of Cthulhu, which is a collection of 21 stories that. Are kind of inspired by Lovecraft, and it's oh. really good. There's some really good stuff in there from like contemporary authors that I've really enjoyed. And um, my boyfriend again, Steve, is really into Lovecraft, um, and so introduced me to the book. and It's a really good collection of like creepy short stories that take the ethos. Of Lovecraft and adapt it into something for um, the modern era. So That's
2: cool. What was yeah. it called again?
0: Um, on the Black Wings of Cthulhu. On the Black
2: Wings of Cthulhu. That sounds cool.
0: Yeah, it's really good. So I've been shirking on watching, but I've been doing a lot of reading and video games. So
2: I sometimes need a break. S-
0: still getting hor- a lot of horror, just in a different way.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so now that I've talked about what we watched recently... Should we move on to the movie of the episode?
2: Yes. All right. So, what did you bring with us with you today, Josh?
0: Well,
3: um, it's you it's know a laugh the riot. oh my god, isn't it just a knee slapper from start to finish? Um, I it so it's nineteen eighties, I'd say late eighties, and I am little Josh sitting in Nacogdoches, Texas, at my sister Paula's apartment. Watching what anyone watches with their sister, which is a wonderful two-hour-long deep dive into trauma and sexual assault, (laughs) a movie called The Entity.
0: So to all of our listeners now, we're going to start talking about The Entity, so we want to give our trigger warning for sexual assault, gaslighting, and trauma, so if that... Just, you know, we will not be upset. If you need to stop listening, please feel free. Yep. Um, from now on, we'll be talking about that movie. Yep, take care um, of Absolutely.
3: Uh, Two things that are incredibly prevalent are men being the absolute worst and not listening to women and spectral sexual assault. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely definitely. trigger warnings abound. Uh, yeah. And on both ends of, the, of that experience, for sure.
0: So, um, just to... So we- bring our listeners up to speed, we'll just give you a quick synopsis of the entity. Um, but given the subject matter, we will not be doing a silly flippant synopsis because of the because of how serious this is. Um 1982's The Entity is based on a book by the screenwriter um, of the film and it's about a single mom played by barbara hershey who was constantly sexually assaulted by a ghost or multiple ghosts it could easily have been called gaslight the movie because no one believes her it's a heart <laughs> it's a harrowing Fair. movie that doesn't provide any easy answers so it's really intense experience and josh why like why why how yeah. how old mm-hmm. were you when you saw yeah. this movie, like? What, what did you think was happening when you first saw this movie? <laughs> like We
2: have a lot of questions. Break
0: it down for me mm-hmm. because I watched this for the first time last night and I cannot understand how a child could have sat through that entire two-hour excruciatingly uh, yeah, upsetting yeah, experience.
3: Exactly. And I think that it comes largely from what I was saying earlier about that I come from a f- horror-loving family. So mm-hmm. we just sort of watched everything. Okay. And we were much more into like be horror like for example i've mentioned killer Clown several times already but it is one of my favorite movies of all time and it's a great example of the type of movie that we watched anything that was okay. like gory and fun and so sometimes uh, you know uh, being willing to watch just about anything leads you down uh, a, a path that you otherwise would not have taken so yes. i don't know that any of us knew what this movie was about it just had this creepy cool um cover and was called the entity you know i mean it yeah. sounds really frightening and wonderful and so i think we just grabbed it at the at the video store yeah. and i i want to read what the uh, description is on the cover it just says a story so shocking so threatening it'll frighten you beyond all imagination based on a true story so it's like you know if that's all you know then you think okay sounds great the entity sounds like a creature feature or something
0: Um, i'm talking about bad marketing very (laughs) intentionally vague
3: it it wasn't that yeah no it was not um it also what's weird too is it's directed by this guy um i don't know if i'm gonna say his last name right but sydney fury Yeah,
0: I'm not sure, but that's how I've been pronouncing it. Fury, I don't know,
3: but he did a bunch of other kind of like mainstream fun movies like Iron Eagle and stuff like that. Superman Four, yeah, I know the one with the cool like dude from the sun. I mean, you know, right? Yeah, Uh, exactly. Ladybugs, come on, ladybugs. The guy that made this movie made a Rodney Dangerfield. Comedy vehicle about coaching a soccer team,
0: like how is this <laughs> huh. the
3: same guy? But point is, like if you look at his filmography, you wouldn't think like, oh, we're gonna get into some real heavy shit.
0: Yeah. So
3: <laughs> no, h- you think. How
0: old were you when you saw this?
3: Um. So my guess in looking back at it, I it was probably around like seven or eight. Oh my so god. So it was like okay. nineteen eighty. Eight or so, eighty-seven. Okay, um, I was my sister and I were staying at my sister Paula's. Uh, I'm one of like nine kids, so it was ah. fairly common oh, wow. okay. that like my parents would be like, "Hey, go stay with this person for the weekend." <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And so I was staying with my sister, who was in college at the time. And like I said, we just got it from the video store, and I wasn't scared or moved by anything, but this movie really hit me hard big time. Uh, I mean, not the least of which just for the visual.
0: What about it? Like, what's what, was there a scene in particular that really stuck out to you and scared you? Or like, what was it about it that had such an impact on you as a child?
3: You know, as a kid, I don't think I would have been able to articulate it. I think okay. that it just scared the shit out of me. But okay. in preparation for and in reflecting on it, over the years and recently when getting ready to do this podcast I think to me a lot of it and this is probably what's scary for a lot of people is the lack of control
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. there's
3: just there's nothing she can do about it and hey spoiler alert if anyone's planning to watch it you know push the mute button now but it says at the end like hey they moved and they left the house but it never stopped happening <laughs> It's like, holy shit. It's
0: awful. And because this actually happened to a woman. Like, this is based on a true story. Like, this is a real thing that happened to somebody. Exactly.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And I had. Okay, you want a quick ghost story time? Yes. Sure. Okay. So I had a really freaky experience as a kid um, that later led to sleep paralysis issues. Mm. But basically, I had this experience as a kid. And first of all, uh, I know that you guys have talked about on the show that there are kind of different types of horror fans. Some are believers and some are non-believers when it comes to a lot of the paranormal and the supernatural. Right, 99% I would fall into the non-believer category. I don't Mm -hmm. believe in angels, demons, gods, ghosts, you know, whatever. i It's not that I think that it's impossible. It's more like intelligent life on other planets. Like, I recognize it's possible. Okay. I also just don't really think about it, and or are concerned about it, you know. Uh, so, for me, I'm not someone who's typically spooked by ghosts or things like that, but anyway, long story short, I used to have this boy who I don't know a name for him or anything, but he would come into my room at night and he'd come over to my bed and ask me if I wanted to come play.
0: Oh what he the was, fuck?
3: I know, right? And he was super wet, like dripping. Excuse mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. And his his arms were like all mangled and he was all like gross like he'd been <sighs> underwater. Oh my god.
0: Right? Yeah, sorry, I'm sitting goosebumps.
3: <laughs> no, totally. It's about to get worse. <laughs> so- Jesus Christ. <laughs> So it was something that would regularly happen to me, and there was nothing I could do about it. I would try to talk to him, I would try to say things, but I would mostly just be totally gripped by fear. And I thought, nobody's going to believe me. And I would occasionally tell someone, and of course, just like in this movie, nobody thought anything of it. They all thought, oh, that's cute. Um, And so on and so forth, right? Uh
2: Right. Right.
3: But then I had a sleepover birthday and he came into the room and the next morning I'm at breakfast and uh, one of my friends, Jared, hello Jared, was like, hey, who was that boy that came into the room last night? He didn't look like your brother and all the blood like drained out of me and I was just like, you saw him? And it started to become this thing where I was obsessed, you know, but the thing that always scared me about it and what traumatized me about it was that there was nothing I could do about it. It just kept happening. And uh, no, I obviously, I'm not equating it to the experiences that Barbara Hershey's character had, but my point is, I think that is really what... Struck me most about this movie as a young person, because it felt very like, oh my god, I know how that feels to have a ghost come and like, you know, impact your life in a way. And there's not, you're like, you can't stop a ghost. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, call the police? <laughs> you know, right. like, like slap them? You know, I mean, like, what what would work? A gun? You know, right. nothing. And and usually it's like, well, okay, you know, paranormal activity type stuff. But if it's something that is like my experience or like the experience of the of Miss Moran in the movie, it it can be something much scarier and traumatizing that you really can't stop. You just sort of hope it ends in a way.
2: Wow. Yeah. So, wow.
0: I Jesus Josh, wow. thanks for sharing that story. That's <laughs> that's so awful
3: do you you want the super creepy conclusion to it yes duh you you
0: can't not (laughs) (laughs) i'm
3: just teasing it out there um so all right here's where it gets super weird um but it's actually not related (laughs) to the entity at all um but it's just a fun story so my father would bring food to a somewhat nearby neighbor of ours a few houses down and I would go with him every once in a while, if depending on when we were doing you know coming home from something or things like that and one day I'm just sitting in the living room, like flipping through the books on the coffee table, being bored while my dad talks to the mom of the family and like gives her the food that we were bringing over, and I'm flipping through a family photo album, and there's the boy
0: oh. Yeah, <laughs> This isn't real, Josh. This feels like a movie. Uh Uh-huh.
3: And (laughs) so I was like,
0: uh, okay.
3: And I, like, walked outside, waited for my dad, and I talked to my dad, and I said, you know, hey, uh, who are these people?
0: (laughs) You know? Like, Valid question. Who are they? (laughs) Right. Why do
3: we go over to their house? And so... (laughs) He tells me that years ago, when I was like a baby, that the son of the family drowned. (laughs) So I grew up like right by water, right? Drowned right outside of our house. Jesus Christ. It had nothing to do with us. It was in the middle of the night type thing. But since then, once a week or whatever, we'll go by and visit or bring a meal or things like that. And I was like Uh (laughs) uh-huh
2: what the fuck josh
3: i know right so when we moved houses when i was like in eighth grade suddenly i never saw the boy again so for me thank god it was located to that house right for miss moran it seemed to not be based on the little postscript at the end but i really think that's a big part of it that and having seven sisters and just the whole idea of like this the sort of sexual assault stuff being real heavy but i think for me it really came from that experience of just feeling like i also have a ghost that visits me all the time and Mm. you know traumatizes me and scares the shit out of me and i also cannot stop it you know and so i think in a little kid mind you know you you kind of put those dots together without realizing the dots you're putting together
2: right right wow wow Wow! Yeah.
3: Damn. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I so anyway, what do you guys think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: the thing is, is that you kind of mentioned that you know uh, people are in two different camps about like not not believing or believing. Yeah. And, um, I I talked on the previous episode that I don't believe, but like yeah, you just same. gave me fucking goosebumps, man.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, and same here. I mean, I'm I'm not someone who typically. Thinks about those sorts of things, but I, at the same time, I think some of us have had experiences that we really just sort of can't explain. Yeah. And yeah. it's not something that you can say, oh, well, maybe I just uh, had an overactive imagination, you know, or <laughs> right? Things like that. And it's like, hmm. Pops. Didn't feel that way to me. So,
0: there you go. go. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> uh, so, this was my first time watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: uh, same <laughs> this, this, uh-huh.
3: can I say before you even get there that this was originally optioned by Roman Polanski and how uh, weird that uh, is to uh, me nope uh, uh, uh,
0: nope 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 uh-huh. nope 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 because
3: no, uh-huh. no, no. a lot of the mansplainy uh-huh. gaslighty parts of it I think oh how how ironic you know yeah. Well, it
0: feels like similar to Rosemary's Baby and also we mm-hmm. think of The Exorcist a lot like the, med- yes. like the medicalization of the female body which is something um, one of my mm-hmm. colleagues Charlie um, has written about for a site I write for but about like the female body becoming a site of hysteria and something that can be poked and prodded and condescended to and just seen yeah. as like yeah. a mass that can be experimented on and it's so mm-hmm. frustrating as a woman myself like yep. who has been like I'm going to be really honest here. I have been sexually assaulted, and so this movie was really hard for me to watch. But it's even harder to watch because of the way she was treated by everybody. And I mean, like, I was—I had realistic.
3: With... Yeah, it's it realistic. is really. I
0: mean, like, even if it's a ghost, mm-hmm. like the way that people look at her and like will talk to her, and like that's what happened to me because a lot of people knew who I was assaulted by, and right. they told me I was like a liar and. It this movie takes something takes a concept that could maybe seem a little bit exploitative, and Mm -hmm. handles it in a way that isn't always perfect. I think there are a lot of exploitative elements in this, like in the way her assaults are shot, and I think it gets very sensational. Mm -hmm. But it does kind of it doesn't always spill over into the exploitative. It does try to kind of Mm -mm. toe this line of. Showing her perspective and understanding. Yeah. At the beginning, I did get kind of frustrated where they kept showing like her therapist, like trying to own her, own her, and being like, she shouldn't be seeing those parapsychologists. She's my patient, and like trying to yeah. basically like assert dominance over her. And it's that was exceptionally right. frustrating because I was like, I Absolutely. don't give a shit about his feelings about this. It's nothing no. to do with him. He's a total, like. It weird, was perfect misogynist.
3: casting, yeah, too, because Ron Silver, I think, always plays that kind of smarmy, arrogant prick in movies in the eighties, and he was perfect as that Dr. Sneederman, or whatever, however you say. Yeah, it,
0: and he was where just, it's
3: like, well, you piece of shit?"
0: I you know? know it's like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, like, a certain, like, you think you know what's best for her, but you don't, mm-hmm. and you just think her mm-hmm. kids are. I don't know. Like that was just uh, is so frustratingly realistic. Yes. In a way that I was like, well, we, don't, we don't need to see this. But at the same time, like, I appreciated the way, like, the care, I think, that was taken for the most part in this movie. Yeah. Um, Especially being directed yeah. by a guy. I just, like, with a lot of – I've done a lot of stuff with rape revenge movies, and I'm so used to seeing those kinds of things handled in such, like, a male gazy kind of awful no. way. And this movie kind of at first tries – I feel like it tries to avoid that at first, but then I feel – There's a
2: couple scenes towards the end. Some of the later. Yes. Well, it feels like they just wanted to
0: get more and more sensational. It's Mm -hmm. like they were like the very first time she's assaulted. It's like very like it's not trying to focus on nudity. And it's like, okay, I can get behind this. Like, all right. All right. And then the last and like the final or one of the last moments, like she's just full, like full naked and everything. I'm like, oh, well. You guys were just working up to it, like it wasn't even like trying. We've got to
3: gotta have Barbara Hershey take her top off. You, I know that, you've got to work that in, fellas, somehow. You
0: and know? of yeah. course, like her, Fuck like that. the creepy way, <laughs> like the, her breast is being manipulated by the ghost mm-hmm. hands. That yeah. was fucking creepy. That was awful. Like that was
2: that. It was. I, I hate to say really
3: well done but it was really it was it, it, it really was really well me. done <laughs> god damn it, it. it. yeah <laughs> um so you know that actually those parts were done by stan winston. winston i know which is like yeah they were really well done i mean yeah. he's like the one of the kings you know of of practical effects and i mean how amazing but also like fuck that
0: yeah <laughs> Well yeah. and then another moment that really got me is actually related to your story Josh when your your mm. friend Jared saw the boy like the one she, when her friend came into the house yeah. and was like I saw it and she started crying and was smiling I was like I'm going to cry I'm going to cry too like she's finally yeah. getting validation that
3: Right. That scene was like a punch to the stomach for me. Woman.
0: Well okay uh, that's okay. <laughs> Let me me talk about female friendship for a second. Mm -hmm. This movie has a beautiful female friendship that I wanted more of because her friend was amazing and her friend was there for her every step of the way. And her friend, even though she said to go to therapy, that's a nice, that's typically a very kind thing of a friend to do and not think you're crazy and just be, oh, just try it. And then she- Yeah, get a little healthy she apologized for that and like she defends Mm -hmm. her and she comes over and they sleep in the same bed and it's not weird i don't know like it was just such a very joyful like friendship and supportive friendship her friend never like left her behind because of all of this Mm -hmm. and then her friend also was another kind of like figure that shows that men ain't shit like her husband would yell at her and she kind of talks about how she's too scared to leave and yeah, that made me feel like okay, this movie is trying to really has like as a core thesis about the way that women are looked at and treated mm-hmm. by like such a male-dominated patriarchal society, and yes. I wasn't expecting that either. Like, there was kind of a thoughtful way of how women, in even in just like romantic relationships, are taken advantage yeah. of and not believed and not cared for, and I just loved that element of them. I wish there was more of that in the movie, but
3: yeah, and yeah. and you're absolutely right that there's definitely this thing where her friend believes her and it doesn't really matter and oh her son believes her but you know okay well that's family it's not until like jerry the boyfriend yes. you know says i also saw it that they're like oh okay well maybe we should take this seriously and it's like oh my god
0: but then he leaves her and he's like i can't deal with this i can deal with cancer but i can't deal with that i'm like M- "We didn't make right. it about you well yeah jerry. right i mean he's a piece, piece of, of shit, shit.
2: <laughs> so that that's something that like i, I noticed um right away was mm-hmm. the absence of of men and i mean like absent like they are not not necessarily not on screen although that is the case for a lot of them but just right. there's no there's no support system so like yeah. you you talked mm. about um her friend cindy and her husband well we don't even see her husband in the first half of the movie yeah. it's, it's a voice from a different room mm-hmm. yelling about how oh, she probably got her butt evicted we don't we don't get to see him at all yeah and and then you know we we hmm. talk we find out about her That's father true. that was like um a, a priest, but he's he's no not in the picture. We t- we learn about her, Wait, her first couple I forgot husbands. About that.
3: The, her dad's supposed to be a priest.
2: Yeah, her dad was a, was was in the uh, it uh, m- maybe not a priest, but a minister. Maybe it's oh, okay. Yeah, he was, was some kind. He was
0: that, like some uh, kind of figure in the church. Yeah,
2: yeah. um and and uh, sexually assaulted her. And then, you know, we, we see her first husband that she had the, her, um, first kid with, and we don't see him at all. He's not, you know, he's, he's dead. He's not yeah, in the picture. That's, and then that's her true. other, and then her boyfriend is like, we see him until at, until the very end, we barely ever see him. Yeah. And it's always mm-hmm. one night stands. And it's right, always right. like, and he even makes that comment. And like, even when we do see him, that time it will, it pissed me off so much was when he, he comes home and he like, hands her address and he's like, Oh, put it on for my homecoming, put it on for me. You know, it's this kind of sense of entitlement and ownership of, of this relationship that he thinks he has power over.
3: And you know, you pointing that out makes me feel like I wonder if the misogyny and some of that sort of stuff was intentional to make that drive that point home. The point that Mary Beth was also making, because That's really surprising to me as an early 80s film that was produced by men, written by men, shot by men, uh, edited by men, you know. Um, If they did work that in, that sort of aspect of the story, I find that both surprising and I think you're right.
0: Yeah, I think, Terry, I was actually, I paid a lot of attention to that too with the way the men were shot. And I was, I mean, like, I'm going to give props to Fury. Like, he did, he made a really interesting, poignant movie about yeah. women and like right sorry y'all but like that's pretty surprising to me especially in that no, era no, on the way that men, like the way that men create movies like we've talked mm-hmm. about like it's shocking and yeah. i'm really surprised this movie isn't talked about more in that regard like in a lot of my research like about these kinds of movies it's not t- this movie isn't talked about and i think it's really important and it's strange that no one talks about it because I think there's a lot of really fascinating things going on in this movie that should be discussed more and yeah. I mean I'm glad I, I mean Josh I'm glad you brought it to us and it was upsetting to watch but like I think it's an important <laughs> I think it's a really important movie that shows what horror can do like I mean talked about slow burns I mean Jesus Christ this movie's two hours long and right. well like there's yeah. a lot of Awful things happening. Like there are a lot of stretches of her just in doctors' offices. It feel like again, like like similar similar to The Exorcist, single mom, right. it's like a single mom. And even though yeah. in The mm-hmm. Exorcist it's not happening to her, it's like this a very kind of like there's a lot of parallels. I feel like in terms, it's of happening
3: like, to her family.
0: Yeah, right. and um of her and- family shout out to her kids good lord like please go to therapy Those poor children oh god, like, good god
3: apparently it was worse in real life um in researching coming in preparation for today, yeah. um the kids suffered like broken bones and all sorts of things in real yeah, life yeah
0: because i know that in the movie billy gets his um wrist broken but we don't right? we don't yeah. talk about it a ton other than that like with, no. the, with the lightning
3: So crazy. It's just so crazy to me to think that this is even remotely true. It's just so disturbing. And even if just for that, like what you're saying, I mean, an important story to be told, like this woman's story, the real woman, whose name is not the same as Barbara Hershey's character. um, You know, like just people knowing it, that this is a thing that really happened and that's horrible. Yeah. And cool that American Cinema International um that's another thing about this movie that's so random is the the studio behind it is this like studio known for making real cheesy family movies like toby goes to camp or you know mama's getting a baby for christmas you know i mean like these sorts of like cheesy straight to video type stuff and you know here this thing in their catalog exists called the entity Uh, and i think that's really cool that it just sort of happened to get made somehow this woman's story and to her i'm sure it felt like oh my god you know finally this is getting told and barbara hershey for crying out loud
0: well and barbara Barbara hershey i think terry and i were talking about this on twitter last night barbara hershey brings her Walking a game in this movie, uh, right?
2: She is fucking phenomenal in this. I, it's, what a raw, convincing, and powerful performance! I just, right. exactly. it, it's what it, it's what completely sells um, the the story. Is right. is her is her
3: performance? Yeah, I feel and then like it, it just drag- sort of got swept under the rug of history and right.
0: You know, like yeah. I feel like this movie could have gotten really cheesy really quickly without that. convincing Easily. lead, yeah. and I just think the like her emotional investment in this role is just like. Yeah. Makes it something that you really root for her and you feel for her, yeah. Right. And I don't, I just, and I hadn't, so, so I only had seen her in Insidious before, and I just feel bad that oh I'm gosh, not more I familiar with her filmography because she was good yeah. in Insidious,
3: yeah, sure, was. absolutely. And then as the mom in Black Swan, as oh, the yeah, oh, that's, the that's right. Rolling.
0: Okay, I forgot about that.
3: Yeah, it's um, wonderful. I wanted to to go back to something that you had
2: mentioned um, a little bit earlier, Mary Beth, about the. Um, the idea of the of the female body being um, kind of like a lab rat in a case, in a way, you know, yeah, the, the, uh, that's something that literally happens in this movie. By the end of the movie, they're building a replica house, and oh my god, <laughs> they're putting her inside of it, yeah. and it's like it, at that point she literally becomes a, a rat in a in a maze of this,
3: and weirdly not in a supportive way. No, like in a well, <laughs> no. we'll see what happens, kind of way.
0: Well, and that and, was so ugh. that was so fascinating because like there's that moment where it's like the two men, the, the two parapsychologists are like, like yeah, like shaking with excitement, but then like the woman, the the female professor seems like very kind of reserved yeah. and a little bit like, oh, this right. is like a very weird thing we're doing. Like her experience as a woman, I can identify exactly. with totally. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we're gonna get to this kind of like. Um, like this, maybe this, like, kind of nuance and contention between the way these men are looking at her versus the woman scientist, but then it completely goes away, I guess, as soon as they're showing her the house. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And even before that, um, I, I made a note because I, what also kind of got me thinking about this after you, you mentioned that um, earlier was the group of doctors deciding what's happening to her. Yes. So, like, she's not even. Present And these doctors are deciding and all of them, for the most part, there's like a handful of women, but, and they aren't, they're either discounted or they're corrected by the men or they are kind of agreeing with the men. But like mostly it's a group of these old male doctors calling, you know, hysteria and just digging into that, that kind of, um, Oh, gosh, I don't even know where I'm going with that. But it no, just, I, I it, know
3: exactly what you mean. They when they start hinting at well, maybe she's has like overactive sexuality and like kind of making allusions to incestuous feelings about her son and Ugh. things like that. I was just like, no, 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 fuck you. You know that you was know?
2: actually more pronounced in the they shot a scene where I guess the entity made her have like a dream about her son.
3: Oh, for right. the love of Christ!
2: And they cut it.
3: Yeah, but there's that old view that women, you know, have this sort of uncontrollable sexual urges that who knows, maybe that's what's happening. And, and they don't come out and really say that, but I think it goes to what you're saying, Terry, just that that they are sort of theorizing from an outside perspective. And, of course, if they had asked her, she'd be like, what? No. Ooh, fuck you. you know. <laughs> right. But, like, from their perspective, it's like, hmm, well, maybe it's this her hysteria, you know, or whatever, and it's just like, oh my god.
0: Well, and yeah. like these guys are in it's all white lab coats and sucking on cigars in a room full of smoke. And like, come on. Like how mm-hmm, right. stereotypical yeah. can you get and like the good old smoking on the giants like phallic cigar. It's just so fu- it's just funny that like <laughs> Yeah. Right. Fury yeah. definitely leaned into those kinds of tropes in a way that uh-huh. like hits you over the head a little bit, but in a way that I think is important. Um Right. It's surprising. Yeah.
3: Absolutely.
2: I... So I, I also think that this I, I, and maybe I'm giving the movie too much credit. But when I was watching it, I, I got like a feeling of the same kind of feeling I got when I was watching Hereditary, and not oh. not necessarily to the same degree. But like, there's two stories going on. There's the the outward facing story, which is this kind of supernatural um, assault on this woman that's constantly happening. I'm sorry, but
0: my cat think, is walking in. He's going to start meowing. I, he's, I apologize. He's so cute. I love him. <laughs> Chairman Meow,
3: meow is um, always always <laughs>
2: welcome, but I think that there's there's a subtext to it that um, I, I think that if this wasn't a movie, is something that the, the therapists are actually kind of digging into. Is this mm-hmm. kind of repressed trauma of her, her father. I mean, I don't, I think that there's definitely some connection there with, um, you know, the fact that she sees this, this big guy that's doing it and he's more powerful than her. I, I feel like that there is something there. And I think what I found interesting watching this is by the end of the movie, she um, kind of gathers her own, she kind of comes into her own mm-hmm. like I, the, one mm-hmm. of the move one of the parts i, I wrote down in particular was when the, the creepy uh psychiatrist is basically trying to date her and she's like i don't want to make that contact and it was like that was like a sorry, <laughs> sorry <you're> cack- <laughs> that was like a finger snapping moment for me because she's basically Absolutely. saying no dude i don't want to date you this is not gonna be a yumi situation <sighs>
3: yeah well and she makes a uh, comment and I wish I had written it down but in the very last scene where she gets kind of confrontational with this entity or force or whatever yep she says says um, something yeah go ahead
2: it's um she she says I'm so tired of being scared um do what you want but you can't have me you cannot touch me that's mine
3: yes exactly that's it you can't have me that's the part that I remember and that's so I, I I loved that moment where it was just like yeah girl
2: well, and I think this is where the the subtext kind of comes in for me is this idea that, you know, she's she's coming into her own, she's standing up for herself and she's saying, "No, this this body does belong to me." And then yes, there's the post note about how you know the attacks are still happening, but they're coming less frequently. I think if you look at that as like a subtext, it is the the trauma and the PTSD of surviving. Yeah. It doesn't the situation go away. She's surviving, but it can. And it's always going to be there.
3: More manageable or, or more you know softened in a way, uh, right? That's really cool.
2: And again, maybe I'm I'm giving the the story too much credit, but that's kind of how I I took the ending. I mean, it's it's still a. A fucking depressing ending yeah um, and it doesn't <laughs> fair it doesn't give it doesn't give any easy answers to things no. but like i just that's it almost just, to it your kind point of, though it kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of of the hereditary the the kind of subtext of that movie being about genetic trauma and mm-hmm. about you know generational trauma and, and things i definitely it's definitely wrapped
3: up in a nice bow no and hereditary either Right.
2: But, I mean, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but what do you guys... Do no, you think no, I the... think that
3: you're... I agree. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The Entity. The Entity. We, we watched it. We survived it. And uh, I'd love to never see Ron Silver again, or at least not for a few months. Uh, oh, fuck
2: him fuck that guy
3: <laughs> he was so good he's so he was good, really good at a... like being that smarmy piece of shit so I think the the and so many performances
2: overall were is were just so good overall i mean her son played the guy that played her son was really good i mm-hmm. thought i
0: know oh her son was great
3: yeah is he, um and like has he you commented around?
0: on is he still
3: in stuff this is billy right mm-hmm. we're talking about yeah, yeah. billy yeah i um, don't know he was good i i watched mommy dearest the other day and and every once in a while there's some actor child actor from the 80s that i think like oh they were so good what are they in now you know um, <laughs> he was in 24 the uh
2: um oh the tv back show in like yeah 2003 oh okay so he's he's around He looks like he's done done a lot of tv stuff um okay
3: well good so he's we can find but, him if yeah. we look
2: but um, I but yeah, and like like you said, Mary Beth, I really liked her her friend. I thought um, what's her name, Cindy? I thought Cindy was such an integral part to the story, and the actress played her really well. Especially the scene where she's like apologizing.
0: Yeah, and I feel like she's definitely that character, with, like the southern accent, who seems like she's yeah. just so sugary sweet, like she can't mm-hmm. really be anything. But she really was one of the most important characters to me in the movie, and like was the most important support character outside of her own family that like really was there for her no matter what. And even if no she got something, like didn't know what was happening, she was still there for her friend. Like she didn't shun her or keep her away. And that I think right. is really important to me, like in, in showing like support for your friend, no matter what they're going through and trying to get them yeah. to like kind of go through it.
2: Yeah. And even when like, like, like you mentioned, even when she doesn't necessarily believe her, or she's still there for her and is is you know trying to find solutions and trying to be that support system and I think that's um, I think this could have played so differently with a different um, character of her yeah, yeah. You know what I mean
3: yeah yeah absolutely and it, it 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 did have a surprisingly large amount of insight into the female experience considering other than actors I don't know that female. Adults were involved in this at all, um, right. you know, other than a few actors, and so, and given the time period too, it's really surprising. But I do think that they did a good job of some of that stuff, which I didn't expect. Looking back, I I half expected to go back and be like, oh my god, this is such cheesy garbage. Uh, but it you know lifetime drama type stuff and it really wasn't
0: i i thought it was going to be something very similar like you like lifetime drama but definitely mm -hmm. not that at all no
2: no no so i mean it seems kind of weird to phrase it this way but did you like the movie Mary Beth?
0: i think i did i think i mean i had to watch it in chunks i think i had a really hard time watching it all the way through um but ultimately, I did enjoy it. I don't think I'll probably ever watch it again. Um, right. But I'm glad I watched it, and I think it is an important film. And if you are able to watch something like this with this kind of subject matter, I would definitely recommend people to watch it. But again, like it, I don't think it's something you need to kind of overcome that trauma for right. to watch. But yeah, I actually really did enjoy it.
2: Um, it's uh, One of the things Mary Beth and I were talking about is like... Um, because when we when we asked you what kind of what movie you'd want to bring, and you mentioned this one and Silver Bullet, and um, I it, this gave me a reason, I guess, to watch this movie. Yeah, and that's kind of why I was I was um, excited to to talk this one right. with 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 yeah. because like it's not a movie that um especially you know it's a two hour movie and it's mm-hmm. the, it had the the sexual assault happens so many times in it that it's not right. something that I don't think I'd be able to just sit down and and consume no um, just to consume it
0: yeah so I like, agree with I, that. i don't think that's maybe like hey guys do you want to watch the entity tonight no in <laughs> fact it reminds
3: me a lot of martyrs and incident at ghostland <gasps> oh interesting movies that are okay. well made and great that i am happy to never watch again you know
0: yeah i think that also with hounds of love we brought that up it's like glad yeah. i saw it so happy never got i it again. loved it, it
3: again. so much and i have not watched it since
2: <laughs> yep, the best movie I never want to watch again.
3: Exactly, because it is it is tough. Uh, it's a heavy subject matter for sure. Yeah. Cool. Wow.
0: Well, well, are we ready to wrap up? I think Terry. I think so. Yeah, it was a really good talk about that movie.
3: This was a good time. I think so too.
0: Thanks, guys, for talking about such a intense movie. But I think it's important to talk about these things and realize that again, like another example that horror is really always has been trying to deal with insanely heavy subject matter and while i think that's oh sorry
2: sorry i'm sorry no i didn't mean to interrupt
0: no you're fine you go um i i
2: I think that it's kind of an important movie to talk about because so much of our conversation so far has been on you know it's like these kind of more fun horror movies yeah i mean i mean well, this last episode that we just recorded with, with Issa was about saw and yeah, it's, it's kind of a dark subject matter, but like we've talked Nightmare on Elm Street and Jaws and it's yeah. kind of nice to see this other side of what can terrify you. Um, and I, so I think, I think it's important to have these kinds of um, conversations, even if they are uncomfortable.
0: Yeah,
3: I agree. Absolutely. And if anything can be taken away from the recent Advances and developments in how women are viewed and how women are treated in our society, I think a lot of it can boil down to listening and giving Mm -hmm. women a voice and and a perspective that's listened to and actually heard. And, you know, this is a movie that in that respect, I think, was a little ahead of its time because it's saying, listen, people, listen." listen. You know, like if you just listen to her, then so much of this could have been addressed or avoided.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well you th-
2: thank you, Josh, for uh, for joining us to talk about... And we
3: can talk um, Gary Busey and werewolves in the future. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for t- for talking, uh, The Entity, with us. Uh, Absolutely. Where can our listeners find you? And do you have anything upcoming that you want to plug that you're maybe writing or anything?
3: Well, no, not necessarily. I okay. still write with Nightmare on Film Street, so you can find me there under my actual name, which is Josh Pond. And then in terms of online otherwise uh, yeah I'm on Twitter it's at Mr. Josh 79 um, because I guess there are a lot of other Mr. Josh's out there (laughs) Um, so yeah other than that no
0: Great. Um, yeah. so listeners, you've heard from us, but now we want to hear from you. Um, has your experience been with the entity? Send us an email at scarred podcast at gmail.com. And we might feature you in an upcoming episode. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at MB McAndrews
2: and I'm at Kaylee dreadful.
0: There's my cat. Um, <laughs> and of course tag us at scarred podcast. If you want to talk to us on Twitter,
2: and don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Um, it it really does help us out, guys. It
0: does. Um, thank you to Steve Barnold for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our amazing music. And thank you to everyone for listening to us. Stay creepy.
2: And until next time. <gasps>